It's a great privilege to be able to welcome you to uh, the White House. Thank you so much. I want to thank uh, everyone involved in the partnership for New York City, Michael Corbett, Stephen Schwartzman. Um, uh, it is a, it's an honor to have the leaders that are gathered in the room here with us today. I know the President is on his way over and it's my great privilege this morning to share a few thoughts in the midst of this important conversation on the topics that you're covering uh, before I introduce uh, my friend and the 45th President of the United States. Um, let, let me say first and foremost though, the companies represented in the Partnership for New York City are all American success stories. Uh, you have our admiration, you have our appreciation. Your businesses account for more than seven million jobs, uh, and you add over one trillion dollars to our economy each and every year. Um, what's more important is the people behind the numbers, and the topics that uh, you've covered today are all about creating more jobs and more opportunities uh, for Americans who are who are uh, uh, who are uh, anxious to climb the ladder uh, of success uh, in uh, the organizations that you represent and in companies all across. Uh, this country. So first and foremost, on behalf of the President and the whole team that you've heard from this morning and distinguished members of our cabinet, thank you. Uh, thank you for what you do. Uh, thank you for your leadership. Uh, I think as you will hear this morning in the dialogue that is about to commence, uh, that America has elected a business man as President of the United States, and he is committed to being the best friend business has ever had in the White House. We've already, we've already seen the results uh, since uh, literally uh, when the election was called at, uh, I think it was about four in the morning that morning, wasn't it, Ivanka, that we were all together? Uh, literally, uh, we've, seen, we've seen renewed energy and dynamism in the American economy. The first two jobs reports, as I'm sure you are aware, uh, thanks uh, in no small part uh, to the leadership represented in businesses here in the room today. Uh, the first two jobs reports show that under President Trump, uh, nearly 500,000 uh, new jobs have been created uh, in the first two months of this year. Businesses and consumers haven't been this optimistic in, in decades. In fact, we just learned from the National Association of Manufacturers uh, that in their historic quarterly report, 93% uh, of manufacturers are optimistic about the future. That represented almost a 40-point increase in optimism since the last report. We think, we think that, is, uh, that is evidence of, uh, of, of a vote of confidence uh, in our new president and in his, his vision uh, to get this economy moving again by putting common sense principles into practice. From the very outset of this administration, the president has been energetically working uh, to roll back uh, excessive regulation and red tape. Uh, leaders in Congress, and I see uh, Leader McCarthy, who's with us today, uh, have been producing under what's known as the Congressional Review Act legislation to roll back uh, onerous uh, regulations that emerged in the waning days of the Obama administration. And in the coming days, President Trump will be signing even more uh, bills into law, rolling back that avalanche uh, of red tape. Uh, the president's also taken decisive executive action uh, on expanding American energy, the Keystone Pipeline and the, D the Dakota Pipeline. Uh, we, are, we continue to work earnestly uh, with Congress uh, for a new future on health care reform. And the president and I remain confident that working with the Congress, we will repeal and replace 
Obamacare with health care reform that will work for the American people and work for the American economy. Uh, and, of course, uh, in the offing before we reach the end of the year, uh, the president is determined and to roll his sleeves up, work with the Congress, and pass the largest tax reform uh, in a generation. Uh, business, as I said from those numbers about optimism, business has clearly gotten the message. Uh, but today's conversation uh, is all about learning from the job creators uh, represented in this room how we can continue to build on the momentum in this economy, uh, particularly focusing on infrastructure, uh, government modernization, uh, and uh, and workforce. Uh, I, I can tell you that uh, the subject that I came in at the end of, and I know was much a topic today with Ivanka and with Wilbur, uh, having to do with improving the quality of our workforce, expanding opportunities for uh, what is known as career and technical education, what we back in Indiana call vocational education, is a real passion for our new president. And uh, we look forward to partnering with you in ways that we can continue to encourage investment and create opportunities for expanded career and vocational uh, education. And so uh, today is all about, uh, it's all about uh, really giving you an opportunity to share your thoughts. Uh, it's part of an ongoing conversation this administration uh, has, uh, has commenced uh, since the very first day the president took office, listening to business leaders, listening to everyday Americans about ways that we can bring about uh, his agenda uh, to make America great again and to have our economy um, growing and expanding in a way that is consistent with the most powerful economy in the history of the world. Um, I think the president is uh, in the side chamber, so uh, let me say to all of you, uh, the opportunity you have today uh, is to hear uh, uh, from uh, a man who I have a chance uh, to sit with every day. Uh, what you're going to see firsthand uh, is what I see each and every day, and that is, um, uh, that is not only just a businessman made president, but you're going to see a leader uh, informed focused, decisive, and absolutely committed to make America great again. It is my high honor and distinct privilege to introduce to all of you my friend, the 45th President of the United States of America, President Donald Trump. Thank you, Mike. Good morning. Sir, I know. Hello, Ivanka. I, I know you know a few of the people in this I room. I do, I do. All the killers from New York. I'm looking at all those competitors, I, those great, great talents, great builders. I have to give you a heads up that Ivanka chaired one of the sessions before this. Tough act to follow. Oh, she's tough. Yeah. Very tough. Uh, Vice President Pence listed some of the amazing accomplishments that have taken place since your election and your 75 days in office. The stock market has had almost unprecedented sustained growth. Unprecedented confidence from our manufacturing sector and other business sectors leading to massive private sector investment and job growth. You have gotten rid of regulations that, that were unnecessary and were job stifling. You have strengthened our borders and strengthened our military. You've nominated a great supreme, superb Supreme Court justice, amongst many other things. How does all that feel? And we're getting unbelievable 
uh, credit for what we've done, other than the mainstream media, which just gives us no credit whatsoever. Right. Uh, but we are getting tremendous credit. And uh, if you look at the real estate industry, the mining industry, the farming industry, if you look at any of the major industries, you see what's going on. In fact, even today, I was uh, very happy, as I read this morning early, that our trade deficit with others has gone down very considerably in the last short period of time. Uh, it's having a big impact. And as you know, I'm meeting with the President of China on Thursday and Friday in Palm Beach, Florida. And I think we're going to have a very interesting talk. Uh, we're having uh, have a lot of respect for him. I've spoken to him numerous times. Uh, but we have to do better because uh, our deficit with China, as you know, $504 billion. That's a year. That's incredible. That's enough for a lifetime. Even Steve would say that. But that's a year. So uh, we're going to have a great meeting. I'm sure we're going to have a fantastic meeting. And we're going to talk about a lot of things, including, of course, North Korea, uh, a problem. Uh, and that's really a humanity problem. So we're going to be talking about that also. You have made it a, a, a driving force this administration to bring in the best minds we can from the private sector, to listen intently to them, and to take decisive action. How important is that? And how important is it to reform government to bridge the gap between the private and public sectors? Well, I did. I brought you. I brought <laughs> Gary Cohn. I brought a lot of very great people. Uh, my friend Steve is helping us out. We have a, a superstar committee of 22 people, and every time somebody calls me, I say, Steve, put them on. No, we want to keep it at this level. You know, the heads of the biggest companies, they all want to be in our committee, right, Stephen? But uh, Steve likes to keep it very small. But they will go off and they'll disappear and we'll put others on. But we've had some great meetings and we've all learned a lot. Uh, one thing that did come up, and it came up yesterday, was Gary Cohn. Where's Gary? Is he here? Could you bring me that chart, please? Do you mind? Let me see that chart. So this was just something. This is sort of incredible. That's so beautiful. Yeah, no, you're not quite. This is to build a highway in the United States. Now, this was just done yesterday. I saw it for the first time. I said, you know, I'm speaking to some of my friends who are builders really great builders. And they've gone through the process. We've all gone through it in New York. With this, we call it the zoning process in New York. But you start up here, and this is anywhere from a 10 to a 20-year process. You have, is it 17 agencies? You have hundreds and hundreds of permits. Many of them are statutory, where you can't even apply for the second permit until six months go by. Uh, at the process, so this is to build a highway. This is a simple highway. And these are the agencies. So it's 17 agencies. How many different steps is it? DJ? Uh, huh? 16. 29, 29 different statutes, five different executive orders that all apply to this process. This is indicative. Um, so this is not a specific project, but this is the type of process that uh, a government, this is a state government, would have to go through to permit a highway federally. This is just federal, not state regulation. So it can take anywhere from 10, if you're really good, 10 years, to 20 years, and then they vote, and you lose. They don't want it. And it costs uh, sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars just to go through the process. Thank you very much. That was a great job you did. Be careful. Don't fall. I don't want to have you fall. You'll be a big story in the paper if you go down. So uh, I just saw that yesterday. Gary Cohn walked in, and he showed it to me.
and for no reason. I said, you have to do me a favor. But a lot of you, you're such pros, some of the best pros in the world sitting in this room, you understand it. It's a process. Now, I've always liked it because it gave people that could go through that process an advantage, like Jerry. But it gave us an advantage if you could get through the process. But getting a building approved in New York is a horrible, horrible thing. And that's nothing compared to when you get into the highways and the dams. They don't even talk about dams anymore. You know, hydropower is a great, great form of power. We don't even talk about it because to get the environmental permits are virtually impossible. It's one of the best things you can do, hydro. But we don't talk about it anymore. So we've come to a halt. Uh, we have a, a tremendous uh, person that we put in charge of uh, EPA, Scott Pruitt who is an environmental person. He wants clean air, he wants clean water, but he doesn't think it takes you 26 years to get a permit to build a building and to have jobs, at which time those companies are usually gone, out of business, etc. So we're really speeding up the process. We're gonna try and take that process from a minimum of 10 years down to one year. I said, can't we make it four months? Can't we do it in four months? And there is a certain logic to that, but we'll be satisfied with the year, but it won't be any more than a year. So we have to build roads, we have to build highways. We're talking about a very major infrastructure bill of a trillion dollars, perhaps even more. And when we have to do our jobs, I mean, if, if we say we're giving to New York City uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to build a road someplace, it doesn't help if they can't start because it's gonna take seven and a half years to get the permits. Even to redo a road takes years to get the permits. You know, you have a road that's there, and you wanna redo it, and you have to get new permits for the kind of asphalt you're using, the kind of concrete you may wanna use. And if we're gonna give all of this money, you know, there was a very large infrastructure bill that was approved during the Obama administration, a trillion dollars. Nobody ever saw anything being built. I mean, to this day, I haven't heard of anything that's been built. They used most of that money, it went, and they used it on social programs. And we want this to be on infrastructure. I'm working with Steve Roth and with Richard Lefrak, two friends of mine that are very good builders. They're great builders. And they know how to get things done. They know how to cut red tape. Then we're going to give them the advantage of having what we have. I see Elaine is here, so we're so important to his doing an incredible job, by the way, Secretary of Transportation. And Elaine will be working, but we're gonna set up a committee headed by Steve and Richard, and we're gonna cut a lot of red tape. But we don't wanna say, send a billion dollars to New York and find out five years later the money was never spent, because we're gonna be very strong that it has to be spent on, on shovels, not on other programs. And in the last case, a lot of it was spent on other programs. Uh, but we're going to say, if you don't spend the money, if you don't start, if you have a job that you can't start within 90 days, we're not going to give you the money for it. Because it doesn't help. It doesn't help us. And we're going to be very strong on that. They have to be able to start within 90 days. Mr. President, we have some of the great business leaders in the country here. Um, if okay with you, they have a few questions, if that's sure. great. Hello, Jerry. He didn't have to say his name. He was ready to say his name. We know. We know Jerry. Jerry Spire, everybody. Mr. President, you're doing a great job, and we're all really grateful to you for the sacrifices you're making. Excuse me, sir. Okay. Hope you heard that. That sounds much better. 
I think from New York's point of view, we send a lot of money into the economy. As a number of people have said, it's over a trillion dollars. We're worried that we're going to have a problem with Congress. And, uh, with the like deductions, that, right? Well, that too, that too. Uh, but we're worried about various programs that help the city. The city's doing fine right now. Even the Yankees are doing fine. Uh, but what we're really concerned about is the future. Do you have any advice for us? Well, look, I love New York. And, you know, in some ways, we're all lucky that I'm from New York, because New York has unique problems. So does Los Angeles, so does Chicago. You know, there are places that have unique problems. Uh, one of the problems that you have is debt and deductibility. That's a big one because a lot of the states that don't have debt or have very little debt, like in the case of Mike Pence, where he did such a good job in Indiana, and it's a AAA-rated bond, one of the strongest in the country. And, you know, deductibility is not that big of a deal because they don't have that much to deduct. And over here, you know, in New York, when you look at what's going on with us, we don't know in terms of the municipality and in terms of the state, uh, we don't know if it can even make it if you don't have that. Are people going to buy? So it's a very big problem. And the problem I have is that there are many places throughout the country that are in the exact opposite position. And they consider that a gift to the state and a gift to the people. And we know New York does things that a lot of people don't read about. You know, you look at what the money that they contribute to our economy, to our country. And people don't know about that. They don't maybe want to know about that. So you do have, I call it a tale of two cities. You have different, different interests. But I am watching over everybody, Jerry. You're in good hands, okay? Thanks. You're in good hands. Believe me, you can tell the people of New York. Even though I didn't win New York State, I should have won New York State, but I didn't. <laughs> Uh, Mr. President, Kathy Engelbert with sure. Deloitte. Um, I want to return to a conversation we just had with Ivanka, Dean, and Wilbur on uh, jobs, uh, the workforce of the future. And so as we think about that and we think about our skill sets in New York City alone, our high school, public high school graduation rate is at 70%. But the readiness of our students for college and careers is only 37, is assessed at 37%. So as we look at the pace of change, we look at the digital transformation we all see in business in the marketplace, and we look at the skills that we, this disconnect between what employers need and what our students coming into our workforces are prepared to deliver. It would be great to get your thoughts on uh, the priorities of the administration around education, around, uh, again, what I like to call not the future of work, but the work of the future. Uh, because the future of work sounds a little ominous, but the work of the future actually sounds pretty visionary. Right. So if you could give us those priorities and how uh, okay, ready Okay, so before you sit, so you're giving me numbers from New York. You're a proud New Yorker, but you're giving me numbers. Why is it doing so badly? Tell me. Why, is, why are the numbers so horrific in terms of education and what happens when somebody goes through school and then they can't read after the, you know, they graduate from high school and they can barely read? 
So what's the answer? Yeah, so first I would say that um, as we look at New York, New York's made enormous progress in a decade. By the way, that 70% was 50%, so a 40% increase. So we're making enormous progress in making an impact See how quickly she's changing? (laughs) See that, Billy? (laughs) Making enormous (laughs) progress, but we're not done. We have a lot of work to do. And I think um, we talked uh, earlier about public-private partnerships, apprenticeship models, uh, which we have a beautiful apprenticeship model that works and brings them, uh, our next generation of leaders. So I do think there's a lot we can do through relooking at funding programs. Uh, we talked earlier about consolidating the many programs that are out there. We're all trying to make our individual impact, and we can make a huge impact together. Sure. And I know you work very hard on it, and you have made progress. Uh, charter schools are another thing that people are talking about a lot. And some of the charter schools in New York have been amazing. They've done incredibly well. Uh, people can't get in. I mean, you can't get in. It's been, uh, I don't call it an experiment anymore. It's far beyond an experiment. Uh, If you look at uh, so many elements of education, and it's so sad to see what's coming, what's happening in the country, even the numbers, as as good you'd say we're doing better, but the numbers in New York, the numbers in Chicago are very rough. The numbers in Los Angeles, the the cities, uh, it's a very rough situation. Common core, I I mean, we have to bring education more local. We can't be managing education from Washington. Uh, When I go out to Iowa, when I go out to the different states and I talk, they want to run their school programs locally, and they'll do a much better job than somebody. And look, these are some very good people in Washington. But you also have bureaucrats that make a lot of money and don't really care that much about what they're doing or about the community that they have never seen and they'll never meet and they never will see. And I like the fact of getting rid of Common Core. You know, Common Core to me is we have to end it. We have to bring education local to me. I've always said it. I've been saying it during the campaign and we're doing it. Betsy DeVos, is a, a, she's doing a terrific job, highly respected, tremendous track record. But she's got one of the toughest jobs of any of our secretaries to me. She's got one of the toughest jobs. There's some pretty tough jobs out there, but she's got one of the toughest jobs. We're going to spend a lot of money and a lot of expertise. We're going to have great talent having to do with education because there's nothing more important than education. And we've got to get those numbers in New York better. And I think they will be better. And a lot of people, a lot of the, the greatest people I know in New York, they're totally in love, including Ivanka and Jared. They're so much involved, and it's so important to them, the word education. And it's happening, and I see it happening in New York very much, but it's happening elsewhere, too. I think we're going to have a great four years. Mr. President, I know you have a prior to running again. A, a pressing uh, issue to deal with. Uh, uh, Steve and, and Mike, I think, just wanted to um, thank you for, for attending today and maybe make a final comment on behalf of the, uh, of the round, two. Well, thanks a lot for being here, and um, thanks for everybody uh, for being here. Uh, It's been a really interesting uh, uh, day, uh, and you've had everybody uh, of importance uh, at at the event. Uh, I think it's it's terrific in terms of the stuff you're trying to do uh, to modernize the government, educate, and so forth. And I think we have to keep a focus uh, on that, because the outside world uh, doesn't always get the message that that's really uh, what's going on, because you're doing profound 
things. You're taking on enormous embedded issues. Uh, and I think it, with, a, with a kind of effort that can be marshaled, you can do uh, amazing things. Uh, and that's on behalf of Mike Corbett and myself, who uh, chair the partnership. It's sort of a trust gets rotated from person to person every uh, uh, two years. I want to wish you really good luck with the Chinese. Uh, that's, that's an important thing, as, as we all know. Uh, and I think there's a real opportunity to make progress with them. Uh, and you should have a good time in Florida. I hope the weather's good. Yeah, the weather will be beautiful. Thank you, Steve. I, I just want to finish by saying that we are absolutely destroying these horrible regulations that have been placed on your heads over not eight years, over the last 20 and 25 years. You have regulations that are horrendous. Uh, Dodd-Frank is an example of what we're working on, and we're working on it right now. We're going to be coming out with some very strong, um, not far beyond recommendations. We're going to be doing things that are going to be very good for the banking industry so that the banks can loan money to people that need it. Uh, I speak to people all the time. They used to borrow money from banks to open up. There was one in Nevada where to open up a pizza shop. He had three shops. He had a bank. And he said, you know, at that time he called me Mr. Trump because I hadn't won yet. But he said, Mr. Trump, I can't open up anything. I can't do anything. The banks don't even. I had a bank for 20 years. Now they don't even take my phone call. And I was always a very good customer. So I haven't been able to do what I do. They can't do it. I mean, the bank's got so restricted. And I've always said, and some people get insulted, but, you know, it's not necessarily the man that's making a lot of money that's running the bank. Uh, you look at the folks from government that are running all over the banks, they're running the banks. And the people that are really, you know, the head people, uh, they're, they're petrified of the regulators. They're petrified. They can't move. The regulators are running the banks. So we're going to do a very major haircut on Dodd-Frank. We want strong restrictions. We want strong regulation, but not regulation that makes it impossible for the banks to loan to people that are going to create jobs. But we're doing, that's just one example. We're doing so many uh, cuts on regulations, and uh, we have a book on regulations. And if you add them all up, it goes up to the ceiling three times over. It's just one after another after another. It's just like that chart. I thought that chart was so descriptive. And every industry is just like that chart. And that's to build a simple roadway or highway. That's what you have to go through. And we're going to be able to get rid of 90 95% of that and still have the same kind of protection. And we want safety. And we want environmental. We want environmental protection. I mean, I've won awards on environmental protection. I'm a big believer, believe it or not. But we want that kind of protection. We want clean air. And we want clean water. But we shouldn't have to get the approvals from 16 different agencies for almost the same thing. So we have a country with tremendous potential. We have the greatest people on earth, but we have to use that potential and we have to let those people do their thing. And with that, I just want to thank you all. I think you're going to see a very much different environment than you've been used to over the last, again, 20, 25 years. We're going to unleash the country, and uh, I, I'm willing to take the heat, and that's okay. I've been taking the heat my whole life, but in the end, I know it's the right thing to do, and we're going to create a lot of jobs. We have 100 million people, if you look, 
You know, the real number is not 4.6 percent. Uh, they told me I had 4.6 percent last month. I'm doing great. I said, yeah, but what about the 100 million people? A lot of those people came out and voted for me. I call them the forgotten man, the forgotten woman. But a lot of those people, a good percentage of them would like to have jobs, and they don't. You know, one of the statistics that to me is just ridiculous. So the 4.6 sounds good, but when you look for a job, you can't find it, and you give up. You are now considered statistically employed. But I don't consider those people employed. Uh, if you look at what's happened with Ford and with General Motors and with Fiat Chrysler and so many other car companies, you see what they're doing back in Michigan and Ohio. They were leaving. They were going to Mexico and many other places. They're now staying here. Now, I did say, Reed knows this very well because you've seen me say it many times to the big auto companies at meetings, it's okay. Enjoy your new plant. Please send me a picture. I'm sure it's going to be lovely. But when you make your car or when you make your air conditioner and you think you're going to fire all of our workers and open up a new place in another country and you're going to come through our what will be a very strong border, which is already you see what's happened 61 percent down now in terms of illegal people coming in way, way down in terms of drugs pouring into our country and poisoning a youth way down. Ger General Kelly's done a great job. But when you think you're going to sell that car or that air conditioner through our board, it's not going to happen. You're going to have a tax. And the tax may be 35%. And you know what? Every single major company that I've had that conversation with has said, you know, we've decided to stay in the United States. It's amazing. And you would have thought they would have said this, frankly, for years, but nobody's ever said it. And we've lost close to 70,000 factories over a relatively short period of time. 70,000, you wouldn't believe it's possible, Reed, to lose 70,000 factories, 70,000. You know, you look at a map of the United States, how many factories can you lose? We lost almost 70,000 factories. And I will tell you, that's not happening because now they're all staying here and they're all expanding here. Ford announced last week a massive expansion of three of its plants. That was not going to happen. Believe me, if I didn't win. So good luck, everybody. Enjoy yourselves. You're my friends. You're amazing people. And we're going to put you to work. Thank you.